Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank each and every one of you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. And of course, I thank Dylan and Kyle for having me on board the Hockey Podcast Network. Always appreciate you so very much. It's a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. The sun is shining. Uh, there's snow everywhere now, so winter's back, at least in the Twin Cities and the Minnesota Wild are, uh, well, I guess they're back in the playoff hunt. We'll see how things go. The Minnesota Wild, a perfect 3-0 and this past week. If you're not Gipsoset, here I come! Well, all right then, uh, 3-0, and uh, 3-0 it is, hopefully. <laughs> this was a very impressive week, uh, let's be honest. Uh, it's been a four-game win streak for the Minnesota Wild, and you could argue the most complete four games of the season, okay, except for the Chicago game. So the three <coughs> the three most complete games of the season took place this past week. Yeah, the, the Blackhawks game, <laughs> complete game, huh? Complete, um, complete uh, whatever it was, fill in your swear word. Well, you had flurry night. <clears throat> I'm not a huge ceremony person, but uh, good job and all that. The Wild did a good job and flurry, an amazing emotional night. So good for him and against his former club, of course. That was the whole idea. And yes, of course, Sid the uh, not kid anymore uh, scored on Mark Andre Fleury. They won their three cups together. Of course, Mark Andre Fleury was not the starting goalie for two of those. So it, it is what it is, you know, because he struggled during the playoffs for some reason. Um, and Andy. Uh, Matt Murray was fantastic. Andy Murray, sorry. Uh, Wild beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-2. to Golden Knights, arguably the most complete game of the entire season in Vegas. An incredible game against a healthy Vegas Golden Knights team. Because Aiden Hill is playing better than any goalie in the league, pretty much. 5-3, and or 5-2-3 anyway. And then got the job done versus Arizona. Had a goal disallowed for interference. It was basically 29 on 29, if you know what I mean. The Arizona 29 against R29. The guy with the ceremony on Saturday. So it was a fun week, and Saturday night was Friday night. God, I'm losing my mind. Friday night was a nice night for Marc-Andre Fleury and the Minnesota Wild, and it's their second win in a row and all that cute stuff. So the Wild are a perfect 4-0 since the All-Star break, despite the fact the Blackhawks game was, um, well, eh, it was okay. 
it was okay. Uh, three games to review, three games to preview. Buffalo Sabres. These are all no. Saturday night against the Buffalo Sabres. Saturday afternoon, 4 p.m. So, if you're door dashing or something on Saturday, uh, get home a little bit early, I guess, <laughs> or figure out something. Monday at one. Monday at one. What's the occasion on Monday? Is it President's Day? Maybe. Hmm. Must be. Um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, February the 19th, Vancouver Canucks in Excel Energy Center. And then uh, the 20th, Winnipeg Jets, so back-to-back. So Canadian back-to-back. We go from, but it's not too far. But it's not too far anyway. We're not going from Vancouver to Winnipeg. We're going from St. Paul to Winnipeg, which is about, I don't know, maybe a third of the distance, if, if even that. Uh, well, Winnipeg is kind of far north. Uh, you get the idea. <laughs> Winnipeg, definitely a tough team. Vancouver, a tough team. That's going to be a you know, very interesting. Then we go out west into next week's show against Edmonton and Seattle, a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. So we'll talk about that uh, when we get there. So it's going to be like three games, three games, and three games, looks like, <clears throat> in the next few shows here. So that's cool for me. I'm not complaining at all. <laughs> Four can be a little bit tough, and two is kind of, you know, too easy and too quiet, I guess. But obviously it's going to be kind of a attempt to be more of a topical show than just game reviewy, if you know what I mean. Uh, Matt Boldy's absolutely been surging, and it's not March yet, so that's encouraging. Matt Boldy, a player a lot of us have been frustrated with, kind of Charlie Coyle-like, if you know what I mean. Not as productive as you'd expect. And it's like, I don't know, you'd think he's going to be better. Matt Boldy's now at 40 points on the season, 46 games, 19 goals, 21 assists. But what is different here, and what's made a huge, you know, it's, it's, it's made a huge difference, is what I'm trying to say. It's been a huge help in the grand scheme of things, is the lines. Um which uh, can make John Hines look like a better coach than Dean Evison. As far as I'm concerned, he kind of, sort of is, at least at this time, because Dean Evison was kind of set in his way. So he's like, well, I know these players, and we, we do what we do, you know, that kind of thing. You know, we, we keep doing what we're doing, that type of thing. This is how we handle things. Well, we have a top line now that does not consist of Matt Zuccarello. That's right. Jula Erickson Eck, the top line center, which probably should have been forever, um... <clears throat> but in between uh, Zuccarello and Kaprizov, it wasn't really the best match in the world. Now it's uh, Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy, and that has been a fantastic top line. Second line, Marco Rossi, Marcus Johansson, Mr. Invisible, of course, except for certain games when he feels like it, and Matt Zuccarello, and that line's okay. Ryan Hartman is in the role he should be in. He's an outstanding third-line center. He is a meh second-line center, and he's a very meh top-line center. Of course, yes, he did get lots of points with Zuccarello and Kaprizov years ago, but that was, again, years ago. Jake Lucini's been centering the fourth line. Connor Dewar's moved to the left wing, so that's interesting, but Dewar can play center as well. It's kind of been a back-and-forth, and Vinny Letary has been fantastic this year, to be quite fair. Um, yes, obviously strong relations to Lunani to a point. He actually looks like him a little bit. Honestly, you can see Lunani and Vinny Letary, and uh, yeah, he's been he's been a nice player. The minute the Wild signed him, I had a feeling like he's gonna wind up being <laughs> he's gonna wind up having a bigger role than he's had on other teams in the past. Uh, and obviously, he was a pretty good gopher too. Matthew Matt Boldy coming out of Massachusetts, he is on pace for 65 points, which would actually be a career high, believe it or not. He's on pace for exactly 31 goals, just like last year, and now 34 assists. So 65 points for Matt Boldy. We'll see if that continues to move up. Uh, it took a crazy surge in March last year, where I called the episode the March of Boldy. <laughs> so it was awesome. And it really was a March of Boldy. 
Mm. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was obviously, uh, what am I saying? It was absolutely a fantastic month, but then here comes April. Okay. He's not as good. Caprizov's back. Oh, darn. Big brother's back. So now, now everything's going to kind of drop off a bit, unfortunately. So, and it did way more than it should have as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. So that's obviously a frustration at the end of the day. Um, but no, that top line has been a huge difference. And it's nice to see John Hines kind of have the gumption, or whatever the word is, the gumption, the balls, the cojones, so on and so forth, to go out there and, uh, you know, and uh, shovel the lines to a point that uh, certain guys are not together that have been together forever. So I think you should do that. I think it's a good idea at the end of the day. I always love looking at the projections of players, like how good they're going to do and such, you know, like, well how good they will do if things kind of stay on course. Marco Rossi's on case on on course for 45 points, 22 goals, 23 assists. So could be worse, certainly could be better. Uh, I thought he was going to get closer to 60, but th- that's okay. At least 50, something like that, and he still might. Uh, so he finally had a, he finally scored again this past week. Again, obviously been a, a, a bit on the quiet side, unfortunately. Other topics we can think about, obviously, again, obviously the Marc-Andre Fleury, you know, the Marc-Andre Fleury night was great. Good for him. He got this thousandth, uh, <laughs> thousandth game stick finally, and it was a goalie stick instead of the other ones that you normally see. So obviously fitting and appropriate. Just kind of, you know, you just kind of get a chuckle when you think about that because goalies don't get thousand games usually very, very often. So it's pretty rare. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury obviously played a lot of games for Pittsburgh in the past. Back when goalies could still play like 65, 70 games where nowadays coaches and organizations and such try to uh, try to try to spell the goalies a little bit more, which I think is a better idea because look what happened to some of our better goaltenders over the years. So certainly a frustration in the past with, uh, you know, people like, obviously like Dubnik who got overused, Backstrom got overused. So that was obviously a massive frustration over the course of time. So that's where getting a thousand goal uh, games for a goaltender is probably not going to happen as often as you'd like. Uh, Brock Faber still on course for uh, 50 points. He has just been unbelievable, obviously, and he's very much in conversation for the Calder Trophy. Even possibly, you know, as uh, Bedard comes back. So that's going to be great. Uh, right now, yep, and my, my math was right. Uh, Faber's on pace for 51 points. Six goals, 45 assists is what he's on pace for. He's at 33 points at the moment. Did have a couple assists the other day, which put him at uh, on pace for 52 points. But with nothing last night, it dropped to 51, but still over 50. That is a huge number and very close to a regular season record for a defenseman for the Minnesota Wild, which is held by Suter at 53. So, wow. Ryan Suter, the one everybody's like, well, we got to pay him like $100 million and keep him for 13 years. And, oh, shoot, now we don't want to keep him because, you know, well, they're both getting older, Parisi and Suter. And, well, you know, and uh, especially Suter's not really... Not really what we thought he was in, in a lot of ways. Like, we thought he's this, you know, leader and everything. And this good guy, and he really kind of wasn't. And you heard all these, uh, you know, chirpings from other players that played with him in Nashville and such. It's just like, well, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas players are kind of like, hmm, you know, even though he's not, like, maximizing in minutes because in Dallas, you're not going to get what you want as much. I'm sorry, at, at this stage of your career. Not because Dallas is so much... Uh, you know, stricter with their players, but because uh, you're not 
part of the uh, you're, you're not one of the pillars of the team I'm sorry you're you're not you're a piece you're helping and thank you Brian for your uh, services Kirill Kaprizov's on pace for about you know about 80 points so kind of you know like upper 70s at the end of the day so obviously I think I'll get off the projections and such <coughs> pardon me I have another question I'd like to offer I'm gonna probably save it for a minute hopefully I don't forget and blank out but I have it written uh I'm, I don't think I'm going to turn it into, into a poll because that might just kind of be, I don't know, kind of annoying, I guess, for some of you out there. The Wild, though, over the Pittsburgh Penguins, 3-2 to two on Friday night, February the 9th. Crazy how quick time flies. It's just like that. Like, man, it's already Thursday again. It's crazy. But yeah, Boldy, who did absolutely nothing versus the Chicago Blackhawks, he was, like, terrible. A lot of people were saying, is it time to scratch him? I mean, that was a conversation just last week. Is it time to healthy scratch Matt Boldy? Well... I, I, I guess not, and thank you, uh, Mr. Hines, for not doing that, I suppose, and getting him to kind of get his head out of that place, if you can guess where that is. Opened the game with a goal versus the Pittsburgh Penguins, his 17th of the year, Kirill Kaprizov and Faber factoring in on the assist on the power play, as again, the wild power play has been significantly better for a while. Jonas Brodine definitely got a few goals this past week, and good for him. <laughs> Jonas Brodine factoring in goals. Like, it's crazy, and he's been stepping up and such, so might be a little bit of a different approach here uh, compared to earlier, and this different approach is certainly helping at the moment. Boldy with an assist on that one as well, along with Erickson Eck, as those guys, obviously, the, the, the chemistry is there. Karul Gabrizov, Boldy, and Erickson Eck, it's definitely there, and again, they're also factoring in goals scored by defensemen as well. Kaprizov with, with Bogosian and Brodine, obviously, again, getting the puck on net. Um, a goal that was kind of semi-controversial, but eh, not really. At least uh, Mike Sullivan thought it was controversial. The rest of us were like, what's he so mad about? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot and I don't know anything, and that's fine. I've been called worse. Uh, Bogosian broke a defender's stick on the Pittsburgh Penguins, broke a defender's stick on his shot. Absolutely powerful release, which is nice. And the puck got to Kaprizov, and he was able to finish. Uh, I believe uh, Mr. Sullivan was thinking it was a high stick. It was directed from a high stick, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't... I'm not really sure what he was upset about, but the goal did count. You could read his lips, effing BS. You can figure out what those words mean. Yeah, words that I use all the time, unfortunately, when I shouldn't, but I do, especially during the Super Bowl. <sighs> Yeah, I'm not happy at all <laughs> about that. Um, and Matt Boldy, I agree with his statement. <laughs> I think it was after the, the uh, Vegas game where everybody on this Patrick Mahomes goat talk, pump your brakes, folks. It's not because Patrick Mahomes isn't on, on, on pace for being a top four player in NFL history or anything, but pump your brakes. Seven Super Bowls by Tom Brady are not going to be easy to pass. I'm sorry. Take it easy, folks. That's all I got to say. It's it's just, you know, just because you like somebody and they're doing so well, whatever, settle the bleep down. Let's cut out with the, with the goat talk. Obviously, the LeBron and Michael Jordan goat talk, I'm sick and tired of it. Just go away. <laughs> Seriously. Yes, yes, I have an opinion on who's the goat, and I'm... <laughs> It's Michael Jordan. Sorry. Anyhow, uh, obviously, <laughs> Gretzky and Crosby, right? Yeah, right. It's Gretzky. Come on. <laughs> Let's move off of that right away. I'm sorry. I apologize. This game was actually before that, of course. Kapril Kaprizov, though, that goal did end up winning the game. Marc-Andre Fleury looked absolutely fantastic down the stretch. Looked like a younger Fleury. Looked like the Fleury that could win the Stanley Cup in 2009. And all that, <laughs> sliding all over the place. Yes, Crosby did score to tie it up 2-2 two to two very early in the third. Very, 
very early in the third. Minnesota, Jake, Minnesotan Jake Genzel, who, well, we'll see. Maybe he'll wind up with the uh, surging and NHL Stanley Cup favorite Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we'll see if that trade takes place. That would be pretty epic, actually, if it did. Yes, the Edmonton Oilers are the favorites right now to win the Stanley Cup, even though they're not even in first place in their division. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of talent in that Pacific Division. And the Pacific Division won the Stanley Cup last year. Let's not forget that. So we'll see if the, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. It'd be nice to see Edmonton go on a uh, big playoff run. It would be. And, and not get swept this time around in the Western Conference Finals. Unfortunately, we do know what that feels like around here. <laughs> Unfortunately, our one appearance wound up that way. But a nice solid win versus the Penguins. Biggest Golden Knights, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Second place in the Pacific Division behind Vancouver. Edmonton Oilers are third. And breathing down everyone's neck, obviously, they had that 16-game win streak. Vegas Golden Knights of all teams were the team that set the, you know, end the win streak. So good for them. And, yeah, it's a fitting team to end the win streak. The defending champion, you know, and the team that's pretty much dominated that division pretty much since they got to uh, the NHL, for the most part, anyway. 5-3 to three win in, in Las Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your feature presentation, not only of this show, but maybe of the whole season so far. And now, our feature presentation. This was a hockey game, at least if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, for the most part. <laughs> I would have to dang say. Matt Boldy was fantastic. Uh, he was aggressive. He was getting the puck on net. He, he scored his 18th goal of the season. Faber got multiple assists, and that's when the 50-point conversation came back. Brock Faber on pace for 52 points after this game, which had us all very excited. Uh, one of my favorite players in the league. You know, if, if I have a personal Mount Rushmore of favorite players currently in the league, Mark Stone is on it. Absolutely. Uh, Jewel Eriksson-Eck might be on it as well. I think he might be, actually. 23rd goal of the season. He's been wonderful as well, getting the empty net goal. Uh, looked like uh, Brandon Hamel almost injured uh Petro, so that was interesting. Petro's one of those guys. He's like a thousand-game type of guy as well. Um, there's, a, you know, obviously one of the Mount Rushmores of <laughs> Vegas, since I'm talking about the, that mountain over and over and over again. Marshall scores 22 seconds into the game, which had us all like, okay, sure. Um, well, I think we know who's going to win this one. No, thankfully the Minnesota Wild came back and uh, got the job done. Interesting power play unit, but I suppose it's been done about 550,000 times already. Ryan Hartman, Kirill Kaprizov, and Zuccarello, but Zuccarello getting his ninth goal of the year. Yeah, it's been done about 50,000 times already with those guys, but that's okay. The top line, the real top line of the Minnesota Wild, Eck, Boldy, and Kaprizov factoring to make it 2-1. to one. Eck with his 22nd goal of the year. Again, that empty netter was 23rd as Brandon DeHaim. Again, nice play on Petro, but I don't know. I almost looked like he injured the guy a little bit. I don't know if a penalty could have been called for that one on center ice, but... Uh, Julek's in that kind of sliding all the way down. I call this slam dunk, I guess is what it is, or just an empty net goal. But Rossi finally getting a goal again. Faber and Boldy. You got to love seeing all those nice young names kind of factoring together on that one. That was awesome. <laughs> nice to see Rossi, who'd been a bit quiet. In fact, very quiet. And that's why he's on pace for, what, 45 points instead of 50-something, which he was earlier in the season. But... Rossi's certainly been there. He's certainly a factor. He's still a top, uh, he's, he's absolutely a top six forward for the Minnesota Wild. And again, obviously, Boldy, awesome, awesome performance, to say the least. And the Wild escape in easily, probably the most complete game of the season. 
A lot of us thought, like, this is a team that could go on a Western Conference final run, possibly, in this game. Like, it looked like a team that could do that. Obviously, it's just one game. There was a very fluky goal by... <laughs> it was a very fluky goal along the way as well. Who, who was that? Uh, I, I believe it was Michael uh, Amadio. Yeah, that was a very... That was the flukiest of fluky goals. The puck shot kind of off of... Uh, it bounced off of... Um, this is from, like, the side, basically. Bounced off of uh, Faber's stick and somehow got in behind the back of <laughs> Philip Gustafson. That was a pretty entertaining one, to say the least. Uh, again, and then it's 2-2. Two to two. It's like, yeah, we're still going to lose. And it's like, no, no, we're not. Uh, great third period by the Wild and second period, obviously, hanging in there, so to speak, for the most part. Both teams getting their chances but not finishing. But then you had uh, Rossi, Boldy, score, Stone, get the... Uh, Golden Knights within one goal with with half of the period remaining, but then Ak able to finishing finish with the empty net goal. So now we will move quickly on to the Arizona game. Certainly not as exciting as the Vegas Golden Knights game, but a nice solid finish at the end of the day. Very nice solid finish. Drew Erickson Ak now 24 goals on the year again with that power play playing together with his uh, his main line mates anyway. <coughs> 24th goal of the year. 21, uh, 21st assist for Boldy and 30th, 30th assist for Kaprizov. You gotta love that. And again, Brodeen stepping up again from Connor Dewar uh, at the end of the day. Nice, actually, nice pass by Dewar from the side. Kind of a cross-ice pass a bit over to Brodeen for his third goal of the season. Logan Cooley would get his seventh goal and he'd be the only guy to score in the game. Again, uh, a, a goal that would have tied it up early early on by the uh, Arizona Coyotes was uh, disallowed for interference. So that's kind of how that goes, unfortunately, for them. Boulder with his 19th goal of the year. Feels like he should have 30 already, but no, <laughs> at least this past week. But then again, before before this past week, you would have thought Boldy has like six goals this year. But um, that was an exciting goal for the most part. It was one of those kind of, unfortunately, a goal where it looked like the goalie had it stopped. But for, for him, unfortunately, the puck just kept moving, you know, underneath there, five-hole. And Boldy was able to finish, <laughs> was able to, well, as luck would have it, you could say puck luck ultimately at the end of the day made it 3-1. to one, And Arizona would get stopped time and time again by Marc-Andre Fleury, who's definitely been surging and has definitely been fantastic the past week or so. And so far, he's been the best, he's been the better goalie of the two this year. His numbers aren't spectacular because he did get shelled a couple times this season. Uh, Fleury is 10-9 and nine on the season, goals against average of 2.83. Saberson is just above 90. Rex Gustafson is just below 90. And but the goals against average, 3.19. Oof. So still struggling at the end of the day or still kind of trying to, you know. It's like you got a bunch of Fs at the beginning of the quarter or beginning of the semester or whatever the heck your report card is. Well, the year, we'll just say a bunch of Fs. And now you're still, even though your, your grades have been much better the past month plus of the, you know, the last month plus or so, you're still kind of, you're still carrying that D plus average. So come on, guy, let's let's go. Maybe D minus-ish. You're at least kind of in a passing grade, but nah, I don't know. Maybe Gusterson still gets an F for the year. <laughs> 319 is not good. Uh, nope. <laughs> at the end of the day, as mean as that might sound, um... Julie Erickson-Eck is having an, uh, an outstanding year, and hopefully he continues to, uh, you know, hope, hopefully he's able to stay healthy. Obviously, last year was just such a freak thing, and you just hope and pray that kind of thing just doesn't happen again, doesn't pop up again on Julie Erickson-Eck. What a damn shame. I mean, Eck would have had a 60-point season last year. He was on pace for like 60, I, I think he was on pace for almost 70 points at the time. 
It was it was absolutely nuts. And then and then he gets hurt. Uh, Eck is on case on course. I keep saying case, and it's pissing me off. He's on course for 68 points this season. 37 goals for Jules Eriksson Eck. Years ago, just even thinking about that was like 37 goals, Jules Eriksson Eck. Are you crazy? He'll be like if he gets 30, like ever. 25, hopefully. Yeah, 37. What do you think of that? <laughs> Imagine if he's able to up the assists a little bit, especially now with his teammates of Boldy and Kaprizov, and then still scoring goals. He might be 75 points. What do you think of that? 75, maybe even, yeah, let's stay away from 80, but 75 would be incredible. I think Jules Eriksson could be, a, could be an all-star in this league, especially if he continues to be the uh, 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 a Selkie candidate in this league, you know, top defensive forward in the NHL. So, Pretty damn cool. The other topic I wanted to bring up before I wrap up segment number one, it's one of those deals where, you know, two aging defensemen, right? They're, they're kind of aging, but one's playing better than the other. And it's kind of the, the kind of thought of, like, you know, two years ago, you'd be like, wait, who, what? What are you talking about? Get out of here. Our our, our great captain, <laughs> Jared Spurgeon, or uh, Bogosian, who would you rather have? Yeah, at this stage, they're both in their, you know, One's 33, one's 34. I'd rather have Bogosian right now, especially at his money. <laughs> I'd rather have Bogosian, honestly. And I think he's contributed more, really, compared to what Spurgeon's contributed the past X amount of time. And yes, yes, he's hurt, but getting hurt counts for something. If you're always hurt, I'm sorry, eventually that kind of counts for something. It's not just you're being a jackass and kicking a guy when he's down. Now, okay, at least we got some uh, cap relief for this year because of the uh, long-term uh, reserve type of injury. But at the same time, three more seasons. Three more seasons at $7.5 million. $7.5 million. Not four, like like the other guys that we're frustrated with, like uh, like Felino and such and Hartman. And also another one that's been brought up many times in other podcasts, and they're right. Uh, they're absolutely right when they bring it up. You know, Frederick Goudreau, he doesn't do anything. Freddie Goudreau doesn't do anything, and he's we're committed to him until the summer of 2028 without uh, being able to move him if we can. If, if we can, that'd be great. He has a, uh, what is it, like a no-trade clause, but it's not like, you know, yeah, it's limited. It's not like, oh, you know, you can't do anything. Yeah, modified, 15 teams. So it's like kind of half of the league, sort of, basically about half of the league. So it's not like, you know, Fr Freddy Goudreau has that much control. So he could get traded if we're able to get him to one of the teams. And I don't know, and if one of these teams actually wants him, please, uh, <laughs> please, Dean Evison, resurface in the NHL. Please, please, Dean, because we know you want him. Please, Dean, resurface. Uh, Freddy Goudreau isn't that expensive, but it's the commitment and all that. And you don't really put $2 million players in the AHL especially when they're, you know, signed for the, until the summer of 2028. So stuff like that. Um, I kind of already went down a different rabbit hole, and I apologize. Where Bogosian, obviously, is not even making a million, and Spurgeon's making, you know, seven and a half. So, of course, I'd rather have Bogosian right now if I had a choice between the two. And it's like, well, that's sacrilegious. That's the captain. You know, he's the captain, and it's Jared Spurgeon. He's one of the, you know, most historical figures in wild history. But I don't know. Uh, uh, do we have that many historical figures <laughs> that that make it you know that excited? So at the end of the day, I'd rather have Bogosian at this point. And and I know that might be insulting and mean in some people's eyes, but uh, 
It must be said. <laughs> it must be said. I'd rather just have Zach Bogosian if you're going to put, uh, you know, and then just have him in that limited role that he's in. You know, he can play top four sometimes. He can play bottom bottom two sometimes. And then you have that money to, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> obviously you're going to need it to pay Faber possibly. And then an, another roster spot for a Damon Hunt, so on and so forth. I'd rather do that if we could. And then the captain becomes maybe uh, at this stage either Faber or Jule Sedek. Or Brodeen, but one of those, I think. Those are probably your uh, your captains, uh, like potential C captains. And then, yeah, Felino's an alternate. Yeah. And Kaprizov uh, absolutely is an alternate, but the other guys could be candidates for the C. Kaprizov has been a pretty good alternate after a slow start to the season. I think he's become better as, uh, you know, I think he looks more focused as an alternate captain now. He's got that serious look and appreciate what he's been doing. Probably at the beginning of the year, he was pressing too much, like, oh, I'm an alternate captain now, the pressure's on, blah, blah, blah. But uh, we'll move on from that. So definitely an awesome week. You, you you can't say it wasn't. It was an awesome week. Am I confident that this is a team that can do something in the playoffs? Like, make the playoffs? Yeah, it's possible. Do something in the playoffs? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see for that at the end of the day. But I'm not ready for that just yet. I, I wish I was. I wish I was ready to say we could we could go all the way, but... Of course I'm not ready for that. The Mike Madonna Award winner for this week is Matt Boldy. Matt Boldy gets it. Marc-Andre Fleury, a very strong honorable mention. He almost should get it. You can almost give it to both of them. The <clears throat> James Shepard Memorial. Let's go with Freddie Goodrow. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. He's invisible. And, I don't know, it's extremely frustrating, and it gets old so quick. Freddie Goodrow will be your James Shepard Memorial popcorn maker. He should probably be making popcorn right now at $2 million a year. A $2 million popcorn maker. It's expensive. But I guess there's other popcorn makers that could be, you know, even more expensive out there. Let me tell you, there's quite a few. Spurgeon says, I'm not doing that. I'm too, I'm trying to recover. So, yes, understand. I'm not trying to kick Spurgeon when he's down. It's just, even when he was healthy, sort of, kind of, sort of. Healthier than not being able to play. That kind of healthy. He wasn't that good then either. It's just a fact. Spurgeon hasn't been good for about two and a half years now. And, I don't know, go ahead and slap me in the face and call me ignorant all you want. I guess I'm just, uh, I'm tired. I guess I'm just stupid. With that said, we'll take a, <laughs> somebody's probably going to use that somewhere, maybe. <laughs> I guess we'll take a, yep, now we're going to take a quick break, come back and preview the upcoming games and look at the prospects, or prospects, as some organizations might say. Back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, going to look at the upcoming games and the prospects, of course. But first, let's hear from our sponsor, DraftKings. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League, (laughs) you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. 
And for the sake of consistency, let's look at the puck line at some of the matchups coming up tonight. Boston Bruins hosting the Seattle Kraken. Puck line for Seattle, minus 155 and plus 30 for the Boston Bruins. Buffalo Sabres are hosting Florida, so it looks like they're into, uh, well, no, no, it's not a back-to-back. It's Thursday and then Saturday, but anyhow, they're at minus 192 hosting the Florida Panthers or plus 160. Again, this is the puck line for the sake of consistency. If you want me to move it to the money line, let me know. Anybody out there, please. <laughs> plus plus 200 for New Jersey hosting the LA Kings have been dropping off. Minus uh, 245. That's a team the Wild would have to possibly pass to get to the postseason. Tampa and Colorado. Wow, rematch of a cup final. And obviously it's, you know, obviously a pretty tough, uh, pretty epic matchup there. Tampa plus 200 hosting the favored uh, Colorado Avalanche minus 245. So on and so forth. So, Vancouver Canucks, yep, one of the best teams in the league, plus 130, hosting the uh, Detroit Red Wings, minus 155. So those are the puck lines, not all of the games, but a few notables that I decided to get to here, which is, of course, the way we roll. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. That would be the Hockey Podcast Network, of course. New customers can bet just 5 bucks in the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. <clears throat> Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and dis- deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Da-da. So, on we go to the <laughs> upcoming game, starting off with the Buffalo Sabres. Not sure what I'm doing here, so I apologize. It's Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> I like the Buffalo Sabres, but my God, are they ever going to freaking win anything? I don't know, but their goaltender's nice. I picked him up in fantasy, and he's been a huge help. 13-13 and 13 on the year in the win percentage, but 2.5 on goals against average with four. That's right, four shutouts on the season. Save percentage of 91.3. Their leading scorer in Buffalo is a player that used to be on the Gophers that we thought left too early, and I agree. He did leave too early. One bleeping year. Come on, man. Come on, man. No, yeah, one year. And then, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, took forever to really uh, become a factor in the NHL. Well, he is now. Casey Middlestead is the leading goals, or leading scorer, pardon me, for the Buffalo Sabres at 12 goals and 31 assists. If he has 12 goals is leading you in scoring, boy, you're in trouble. But they're in trouble anyway. 43 points on the year. So go Casey Middlestad. Close to about 70 points a year or this season. He's kind of around Julie Erickson X numbers, actually, in terms of total points. Alex Tuck, 36 points on the year. He's been a minor disappointment, unfortunately. Rasmus Dahlin is not a disappointment. He's outstanding. 14 goals, 27 assists. This is a defenseman, by the way. 41 points on the season. Casey Middlestad, though, a stat that I think stands out uh, among every Buffalo player, he's a plus 13. A lot of Buffalo players are minus this and minus that, including Tage Thompson, 
who has not been as good as last year. Let me tell you, it was like the trade of the century in the favor of uh, Buffalo after St. Louis won the Stanley Cup with uh, <laughs> with a certain center <laughs> in uh, Ryan O'Reilly. But, um, yeah, there's Minnesota ties everywhere with the Buffalo Sabres. It's going to be this way forever. Casey Middlestad from, you know, Minnesota. What is he from? Eden Prairie and all that and the Gophers. Alex Tuck, former Minnesota Wild prospect that we traded away too quickly to protect Matt Dumba. Great trade. Great trade. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Kyle Oposo, former Gopher and Minnesota native, only 18 points on the season. Jordan Greenway, former Minnesota Wild, 17 points in 40 games. Meh, at best. Um, Tyson Jost, former Minnesota Wild, 29 games and four whopping points. Absolutely spectacular. Just kicking ass. I'm telling you, just kicking ass. That was a, that was, that's, a, that's okay. Um, I think we're all fine with that one. I do believe that's the end of the Minnesota ties in this particular lineup. Gosh, they've, they've had like, feels like 50 players, but sometimes I get the Sabres and the Islanders mixed up because the Islanders have about 20 uh, players in Minnesota ties as well. Okay, not 20, but a lot. Buffalo's kind of like middle of the road in a lot of categories. Power plays 29th in the league, so the Wild are definitely ahead in that category. We're going to move a little bit there. We're going to get closer to where I want to be. This is an excellent energy center also. It's not in Buffalo. So they're, they're having to travel here. Owen Power out for a couple of weeks as of uh, February 20 or 12th, pardon me, with a hand or wrist issue he suffered in practice. That sucks. Jack Quinn underwent surgery and is expected to be out approximately eight weeks as of the end of January. All right. Mattias Samuelson placed on injured reserve as of Jan 24. Minnesota, Marcus Foligno, injured reserve for the 500th time now. Okay, I'm just kidding. I know, I'm naughty. February 11th, I'm sorry. Pat Maroon, injured reserve. Damn it. Out six weeks. I believe it's a back injury, right? As of uh, Feb 5th. Damn, six weeks. Oof, yep. And he was a possible trade candidate. Well, not anymore. And Spurgeon is out for the year with, uh, is it back and hip surgery? So, again, not trying to kick the guy when he's down, but uh, you know what I mean? It's not like he's. It's not like when he was healthy, he was good anyway. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he'll have a spectacular renaissance when he comes back. I. I don't. I just don't know. Goals. Well, Buffalo's nineteenth. The Wilder sixteenth. Goals against Buffalo's thirteenth. Thank you, uh, Lukanen. The Wilder twenty-first. Uh, the Wild did not win because we never beat Buffalo ever. November the tenth, three to two loss to the Sabers. Spectacular. This is the season wrap because it's the Eastern Conference. Power play, Buffalo's 29th, the Wilder's 16th. Pretty good. And it's uh, basically the exact opposite. Penalty kill, <laughs> Buffalo's 15th, and the Wilder 29th. That's great. <laughs> Wilder 29th in penalty minutes is in, like, the more the worse. Buffalo's 21st, so on and so forth. We talked about the players. We talked about this. We talked about that. I want to believe the Wild can uh, continue to win, and why the heck shouldn't they? But I don't know. We don't beat Buffalo for some reason. We just don't. It doesn't matter who's there. If it's uh, um, Jason Pominville or whoever, Jason Pominville with the weirdest angled goal you've ever seen, it's like, seriously, that went in. And the Wild ended up losing. Remember that? About, I don't know how many years it's been now. Oh, that was bullcrap. It was complete bullcrap. And that was actually not a good trade for either. Well, it wasn't a good trade for us. Pominville actually started finally playing good again. But um, I don't know what the heck. I think he had to go. Buffalo recently won 7 to nothing though, so wow, over the LA Kings. They've fallen off the face of the earth suddenly, and I don't think any of us feel too bad about that. Like, who, yeah, like, oh darn, I feel I feel terrible for the Kings. 
Just terrible. It's depressing, man. Just kidding. But didn't the Kings beat Edmonton recently? Which is really weird. <laughs> they beat Edmonton. Yeah. And then they lost 7 nothing to the to the Kings. That's kind of funny. <laughs> or they beat the Kings 7 nothing. Pardon me. Buffalo beat the Kings 7 nothing. Yes. Buffalo did. Not the uh, Oilers. <clears throat> they will next week, though. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I want to step out in faith and believe in a win. And if you're going to win a game this week, this might be it. Because the upcoming games are going to be really tough, even though we've been playing Winnipeg pretty well. I'll step out in faith. Okay, the Wild win 3-2 over the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton Oilers, the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, Lord. You guys are going to tear me to pieces. Or, no, I'm just kidding. Maybe that's why everybody's disappearing. I don't know where all of you gone. The numbers are okay, but I don't know. That's probably frustrated hockey fans when it comes to that. <clears throat> the Wild will win 3-2. to two. The most likely guy to score will be, who do you think? Matt Boldy is going to score against the Buffalo Sabres. Against, uh, you know, Eastern Conference team and all that cute stuff. So, why the heck not? East Coast team is a better way to put it. But now we get to play the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, goody. We get to play the Vancouver Canucks. And then the Winnipeg Jets, too. Wonderful. Just peachy. Afternoon, early afternoon game against the Vancouver Canucks. Oh, that spells loss. It's got loss written all over it. Yep. Carson Soucy, injured reserve as of Jan 20th. That's right, Soucy's on Vancouver now. Uh, Nikita Zadorov, suspension. All right. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, buddy. <sighs> right on the 20th, on the 14th there. Guillaume Brebo, uh, yep. Injured reserve long-term. Probably out for the year or whatever. Going all the way back to October. Vancouver and Minnesota. It's been a low-scoring battle. Thatcher Demko versus Gustafson or Flurry, basically. A shootout win for the Minnesota Wild on December 16th. I think the Wild were on a little bit of a run at the time, kind of catching up and all that with uh, John Hines uh, taking over. 2 nothing loss, uninspired, boring loss a week earlier or so in Vancouver. This one will be in the X. So I'd like to believe the Wild can win this one, but... I don't know. I, I I don't know. I'm kind of thinking Vancouver. Number two in the league in goals. Number seven in goals against. Number one in assists. The only reason I'm bringing that up is because it's an impressive stat. Uh, power play is ninth. Penalty kills 15th. Penalty men is 19th. And they have the top shooting percentage in hockey. So their offense is basically top of the line with the, you know, assists and everything. Vancouver is three and two in their last five. They were shut out by Boston kind of recently. Interesting. <clears throat> And they beat four to two. Uh, they beat Chicago four to two, all on the road here, and they're still on the road. What a long road trip for the Vancouver Canucks! My goodness. Wow. Hopefully they'll get a home game coming up pretty soon. Quinn Hughes is uh, somebody competing uh, against Brock Faber for the Norris Trophy. Apparently, yeah, Norris. I don't know if Brock Faber's Norris Trophy. I know it's been brought up, but Quinn Hughes is probably going to win it. Twelve goals, fifty-four assists, fifty-four assists. You heard that. <laughs> That's crazy. 66 points. This is this is a defenseman, and this is uh, this is the day after Valentine's Day. He's got 54 assists. <laughs> That's crazy. I remember just seeing a defenseman with 60 or 70 points. You think like, holy mother of bleep. But this is this is but that's like the end of the year. This is <laughs> this is mid February. So still got some time to get to I don't know like like a hundred or something or 90. That's crazy. Elias Pettersson is officially leading the club in scoring. Brock Besser's got the most goals though, 30 on the season with 54 total points. Go, Brock. On pace for 82 points. Good for you. Elias Pedersen's on pace for higher, like 90 to 100-ish. 28 goals, 41 assists, 69 points. JT Miller, 
23 goals, 43 assists, 69 points. Wow, wow. So an incredibly great offense. And uh, go Vancouver, I guess. <clears throat> they're, not, they're not nearly as dislikable as they were in the past when we used to just absolutely loathe this club. Ian Cole, one goal, six assists, former Minnesota Wild, of course, defenseman, and Susie's out for, uh, you know, he's, he's missed a lot of time. The other Elias Lindholm. No, this is, the, this is Elias Lindholm. What am I talking about? I'm such an idiot. <laughs> I remember the trade happened. I talked about it last week. Two goals, one assist in the five games he's been there so far. So a, the rich get richer, as they say. The rich get richer. Vancouver has a shot to win the Stanley Cup this year with a goalie like Thatcher Demko with five shutouts, goals against average of 92, basically. And uh, no, save percentage of 92, goals against average of 244. And Casey DeSmith, who's a, a pain in the butt, 2.74. He's a nice backup. Got a shutout not too long ago. I believe he shut us out. That was the shutout. Yep. <clears throat> a save percentage of about 90.90.5, basically. 90.906, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Vancouver will beat the Minnesota Wild. Final score of 2-1. to one. Unfortunately, uh, the most likely guy to score in the game will be Jules Eriksson Eck. Jules Eriksson Eck will score for Minnesota, but a 2-1 to one loss to the Vancouver can schmucks. No, they're better than schmucks at this point, I'd have to say. And then the Winnipeg Jets... I don't know. That's not an easy matchup either. Sometimes the Wild play great against this team, and sometimes they don't. It's kind of like depends on year in and year out. I do believe Minnesota's played well against Man uh, Winnipeg this year, though. No, they, they're not. Wrong. Wrong, Joey. Wrong. That was last year. That was last year, Joey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 4-2 to two loss in Winnipeg on December 30th, and a 3-2 to two loss to Winnipeg on New Year's Eve. Happy New Year, everybody. Hoo-hoo-hoo. <clears throat> Tuesday, Feb 20th, is this one. That'll be the wrap-up for this week, of course. And this one's actually at 7 o'clock. It's not an afternoon game or anything. And then there is an afternoon game, Saturday, April the 6th. Maybe things will be a little bit greener. We'll see. Maybe. Probably not too green on April 6th, but maybe not as white as they are at this second that I'm staring outside. We haven't had a whole lot of white this year. This is about as white as it's been. Uh, most of the snowfalls we've had were probably not tall enough to cover the grass completely. That we've had this year. I think there was like maybe a back-to-back -back snowfalls that helped do it for a little bit. Off topic. Ooh, off topic. I talked about the weather for about 20 seconds. Hopefully that's okay with everyone. Uh, Winnipeg Jets, 3-2 and two in their last five. They had lost three in a row. Now they've won two in a row. Toronto, 4-2 loss. Pittsburgh, 3-0 loss. Philadelphia, 4-1 loss. And a Pennsylvania two-step Seven to one, yuck. Uh, Pittsburgh win in Winnipeg, in Winnipeg, a two to one, uh, and then a one nothing win over the awesome San Jose Sharks. One nothing win, one nothing. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, honey. He had to sit and watch a one nothing game with me. <laughs> Will you? No, maybe I shouldn't ask that right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, at least we won. Connor Hellebuck might, might get the Venza Trophy this year. Uh, 2.13 goals against average, three shutouts, crazy consistent, 25-10. and 10. It's his win-loss record, 92.6 save percentage. And then you go to Bersaw, holy mother of Moses, Stockholm Blue, 7-4 record, 2.22 goals against average. That's your backup. Wow. 92% save percentage and no shutouts. I mean, that is consistent. To have a goals against average of 2.22 with no shutouts and a save percentage of 92 with no shutouts. I said it about 50 times because that's an incredible stat. So, uh, 
the wild lose. Yeah, the wild lose. We, we better beat Buffalo, man. <laughs> you, you better beat Buffalo. But at the same time, I know I'm with all of you thinking, get the draft pick. What the hell? You know, keep on losing. What the hell? Hello, Johnny Menzel. You know, it was an old song. Yeah, it's kind of like that, though. Yeah, I know. It's just still, it's like, maybe I'm just thinking like Bill Guerin, get the win, get the win, you know, or like the players and such. So like for the players' sake, you, you better beat Buffalo. For us, uh, draft pick sake, go ahead and lose them all. I, I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> it, it was a fun week this past week, though. So if maybe this is a playoff team and we're going to do something, then you better at least beat Buffalo. Bottom line, shuffle, shuffle, with uh, 43 points in 45 games, 15 goals, 28 assists. Ellers, who's been all over the place, had a good start to the season, has dropped off the face of the earth, 16 goals and 20 assists. Still not bad numbers, but yeah. Cole Perfetti, who came in the same draft as Marco Rossi, pardon me, 14 goals, 16 assists, slightly ahead of Rossi. Not that far, honestly. So, Minnesota, former Minnesota Wild Watch, Nino Nina Ryder. In 51 games with 13 goals, 13 assists, 26 points. Sounds about like Nino Niederreiter, but of course scored against us in extremely frustrating fashion and helped the Wild lose to uh, win it back around New Year's Eve there. So, yay, that was wonderful. I loved it. 2-1 to one loss to Vancouver, or Winnipeg in this case. Another 2-1 to one loss in this case. Maybe 3-2, to two, whatever. But the most likely guy to score... In this game, I guess, will be Jonas Brodeen. He's going to get another goal. Since, uh, what the heck, Jonas Brodeen will get another goal. It'll be somebody like that, or, or Jake Middleton. It's going to be one of those two, <clears throat> or Faber, or whatever. Let's go with Brodeen now, since he's on a tear. He's got like three goals or something now, man. He's on a tear. <laughs> I, I know, but it's, it's fun, though. <laughs> but unfortunately, a 3-2 to loss. It, this is, these are really, 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 really tough matchups, so... It's not like I'm just coming up here being negative. And at the same time, you know, I mean, is this a playoff team? I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's, it's hard to say. So with that, we're going to look at the prospects as soon as possible here. We're moving right on to the prospects, if humanly possible. Look at the uh, guys overseas, of course, starting off with Liam Ogren. Ogren. Again, the Swedish Hockey League, 20 years of age. Obviously recovered from a shoulder injury earlier in the year. Yes, you know that already. 16 games now. Six goals and two assists. So actually a pretty good week this past week. Let's give him some credit. Six goals, two assists. He's now at eight total points in the Swedish Hockey League. But unfortunately, that is only half a point a game thus far on the season. And yes, he missed a 1,000 games and, and all that. But he was captain of his team in the uh, World Junior Classics. Urafu didn't even participate, which is weird. But that's how things go. Rush is funny and strange and all that stuff. And obviously it's, uh, you know, it's one of those parts of the world right now. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, the KHL, 56 games on the season now, 21 goals and 26 assists. His assist numbers are moving up again, which uh, were lower earlier in the year. 47 points in 56 games. He's on pace for 52 points in 62 games. So apparently their season is not much longer. And um, we'll see how that turns out. We'll get to see who's Nadinov maybe at some point as well possibly coming to North America as that contract's about to come to an end. Pretty exciting, to say the least. But uh, Danilo Yurov, in my opinion, right now is the number one prospect in the Minnesota Wild Grapevine and all that good stuff. He is he is the number one prospect. Uh, Jesper Volstead is number two, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we'll look at Husnadinov real quick. Obviously, again, is he going to be with the Minnesota Wild sooner than later? 
Yep, I mean, quite possibly, and there might be some kind of a trade coming in order to help that happen. What is going on here? <laughs> oh, I just love these ads. I take up the whole screen. It's really helpful. Thank you. It's doing it again. Oh, screw you. <laughs> this is, um, that's bullcrap. So we'll just move on from that, unfortunately. But Huznadinov, of course, again, hopefully is uh, coming to North America in the not-too-distant future. So that's kind of how we're uh, standing with that. Who's Nadinoff? I apologize. It's getting stuff uh, popping up on me here, and it's causing havoc. Yep, he was in the same draft as Marco, Marco Rossi on the season, but yep, he's at 17 points in Sochi. Six goals and 11 assists, 17 total points. But uh, again, obviously he provides more energy and such. And uh, yes, his minutes have been limited because they don't care. Like, you're leaving anyway. Bleep you, and I think that's dumb, but welcome to pro sports, I guess, one way or another. Welcome to Russia. Uh, Iowa, again, kind of an up and down like they've been all year. But uh, Volstead, at least the numbers have been getting better. That'd be, uh, you know, a lot of you know him as Wallstead. I guess it's Volstead, but now we're hearing Wallstead again. Or Volstead, pardon me. That's been consistent. The V, 2.79 goals against average. So, again, better than last week. Slightly better than last week. Only .04 difference. But 14 wins and 11 losses. Save percentage of 90.7. So he certainly stepped up, or he certainly improved after getting shelled a bit. Sammy Walker had an awesome week. He was the player of the week in uh, MNW Prospects uh, slash Young Guns. Awesome week, uh, 9 goals, 20, point, uh, 20 assists now with 29 points. Sammy Walker definitely moving up. He's now number 2 on the team and scoring only behind Nicholas Patan. Good for him. Fogarty's been solid all year, but he's 30 years of age, unfortunately. Carson Lambos is the leading scoring defenseman of the Iowa Wild, but he's been there all year for the most part. I think, he, yeah, he's been there all year. Uh, age of 20 from Winnipeg, Manitoba, of course. Kaden Bankier in only 24 games with 10 points. Good for him. Damon Hunt had his ninth assist just this past week. Now 10 points in the AHL in only 25 games. So he is definitely the overall best defenseman in Iowa right now. I'd have to say in O'Rourke, also getting his 10th point this past week with a goal, his third goal of the season. Good for him. Um, yes, Absolutely good for him. Mason Shaw had three assists in a game not too long ago. Really cool. Now with four goals and three assists in, not, in only nine games. Seven points for Mason Shaw recovering from injury. Uh, Michael Milne, I guess. I kept calling it Milne. Is it Milne or Milne? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> it's my apologies. Obviously a really good skater. His speed is definitely a factor. And people have been talking about him like he could be a real prospect. For Minnesota, not Iowa, but Minnesota. So we'll see. He's only 20 years of age from uh, Abbotsford, British Columbia. David Spachik from Columbus, Ohio, but he's, you know, he's Czech. So <laughs> he's Czech. Yeah, it's, it's his father, the, you know, Papa Spachik, who was with the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets. That's why. So um, 35 games, tw uh, two goals, four assists for Spachik. And he's only a minus four, which again is a lot better than minus 22 for O'Rourke and minus 24 for Simon Johansson. So that's got to mean something got to mean something. Spachik is doing something right. You know, he's not exactly you know, tearing it up in the offensive numbers at the moment, but he's super duper young, super raw, and we'll see. I think he's a Minnesota Wild prospect, like like a real one, so we'll see what happens. Um, Beckman has not been seeing action because the two Latino, or the, the Italianos, the Mafia guys Lucini and Walker, no, Lucini and uh, Letari, you're not going to be playing Beckman. John, Mr. Hines, you ain't playing Beckman.
You ain't playing back, you understand? That's all we got to tell you. So that's kind of what's been going on. Uh, unfortunately for uh, Beckman, not getting ice time despite being up in the National Hockey League. So because, uh, yeah, those guys are telling them, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it, okay? So that's pretty much what's been going on, unfortunately, with Beckman. <laughs> Look, genie. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, I apologize. I'm... <laughs> I don't know. I like to do that kind of stuff. Jack McBain. Ugh, I don't want to think about him anymore. So, Vladislav, first off, watch. Is he ever going to play for the Wild? I guess you never know. 34 points. That's actually not bad, you know, but again, you're off as you're off and he's younger. 62 games in the KHL for the Torpedo. I love that. 17 goals, 17 assists, you know, but in 62 games, that's 34 points. It's nothing bad, but it's not blowing anybody's socks off either. Pavel Novak, again, recovered from cancer from from a year ago in 21 games for the Iowa Heartlanders with 11 points, 7 goals, and 4 assists for the Iowa Heartlanders. Nate Benoit, Mr. 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 One Point a Year. No, I'm just kidding. So far, I guess, unfortunately. Um, 13 games for North Dakota. That is the University of North Dakota with one point, unfortunately, on the season. He's already 21. Bummer, man. Bummer. Kyle Mostas. Yep, he's been with the Iowa Heartlanders and uh, hitting a couple homers, I guess, and raising that batting average. Two goals and five assists for seven points in 12 games so far for the Heartlanders. Was with Iowa Wild not too long ago, but he's been in the Heartlanders because they need him to get his batting average up, you know? I, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Jack Pert now at double-digit points. Congratulations. <laughs> Three goals, seven assists, 28 games for the ever-dangerous St. Cloud State Huskies. Go Gophers, that's all I'm going to say. So, yes, we're rodents. But I'd rather be rodents with five national championships instead of uh, zero. Anyhow, that was mean, wasn't it? That was just awful. So, uh, Petr- Petrovsky, 40 points on the season. He's a center. Uh, he is ahead of last season, so good for him, but only slightly. Um... Definitely, definitely had a higher assist total than last year in terms of like projection and all of that. So he's played 21 less games than last year so far. So obviously time's still moving in the OHL there. 13 goals, 27 assists for 40 points for uh, Petrovsky. Ryan Healy, Mr. Harvard himself. Again, he is a defenseman, and he's only 19, and he's playing for a major university called Harvard. They're not necessarily a national threat, but they're, you know, they're, they're kind of lurking. They're not going to make the tournament, though. Eight goals, 12 assists in 23 games. It's pretty pretty damn good. I mean, what a giant step forward. The only major complaint, though, is he went from a minus one last year to a minus 23 this year. What the hell? So, uh, that's a little weird. But uh, certainly his offense has, uh, has picked up. But, man, with that many more points and you're minus 23. So, I don't know. They just must really suck there, unfortunately. So, that's, that's kind of how it goes sometimes. Uh, Lorenz with Denver Pioneers, of course, 17 points. So yes, ahead of last year's pace, but that's not saying much. He had nine points in 37 games last year. Eight goals, nine assists. That's not bad, but, eh, you know, it's not dominating. Kind of third-line-ish role there in, on the University of Denver, but still only 19 years of age. So, And he's a plus 12 on the year. That's pretty good. He's doing something right. Let's, let, me, let me tell you, he's doing something right if he's a plus 12. Um, Hunter Hitt. Hunter Hitz, yes, uh, um, 51 games, 21 goals, which is ahead of last year, 35 assists, which is ahead of last year, but of course, nine more games for 66, uh, 56 points. <clears throat> I can't say he's blowing anybody's socks off. So, and it, again, it is in the uh, 
in the OHL for the Barry. Uh, yeah, it's just in the OHL. He's not with Barry anymore. Jimmy Clark for the Gophers, who had an awesome weekend. <clears throat> Go Gophers for sure. We're moving up in the rankings, which obviously feels great. Jimmy Clark, nine points, though. He didn't factor in the scoring, but of course, always a kind of like always kind of lurking around and uh, playing defense as well. So at least you have a bit of that from Jimmy Clark. Kalim Parker, <laughs> 31 points in 46 games for the Moose Jaw Warriors. Good for him, I suppose. He's a defenseman, by the way, playing for the University of Minnesota Duluth. 14 points, 13 assists in 27 games for Duluth. Riley Height with his 900 assists with 60 now on the year. He's on pace for like a record, I believe, for the league, for the WHL. That is in only 50 games, 87 total points with 60. That's right, 60 assists. Definitely the playmaker and go Riley Height. Nice to see what he's been doing. And for the record, as I'm gazing around really quick, the Gophers are are uh, eighth, eighth at least as of February 11th. Yeah, which is pretty recently, eighth ranked eighth in the country. They did not move up or down. Unfortunately, they were eighth last week. So bummer. Um, after kind of sort of beating Wisconsin, Kumpelainen, 42 games, 40 points, 22 goals, and 18 assists. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> Charlie Stromel. And, yeah, that sounds familiar as well. Seven points. 24 games now, seven points. Three goals, four assists. <sighs> yeah, well, I, it's not over yet. That's the good part. It's not over yet. Uh, the, 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 yeah, the whatever. This person's not singing. We'll just leave that where that is. I don't know, because every, everybody gets offended every time you sneeze in this day and age, so I'm not going to go there. With that said, um, again, you know, some of the prospects making major steps forward. Others just kind of running in place, unfortunately. But that's kind of how it goes. I mean, welcome to sports. You know, some guys make it. Some guys don't. <laughs> that's how it is. I think you already figured that out way before I did. With that said, we'll take a quick break and get to the wonderful, entertaining fan interaction segment. Here on Brave the Wild, segment number three. Time to look at fan interaction, if humanly possible. Here, I'm gonna, I don't know what it's doing. It's refreshing. So at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is the X or Twitter account. So I always appreciate that. In a lot of ways, we had a very recent. Uh, yep, we had a recent poll here from uh, Derek Belska of the Crease Podcast. Of course, Crease and Assist at Crease and Assist. Derek Belska coming in out of Western Wisconsin. They do a great job there on their show. He has the poll saying, how important is it for the Minnesota Wild that the Iowa Wild have success? Example, make the playoffs in advance beyond the first round or further. There's very important, very important slash crucial, somewhat important, not that important, and then wait, Iowa who? <laughs> yeah, who would put that? Just somebody joking around, I'm guessing. Um, I did put very important. I did, because I think the success of the Iowa Wild is important, and I know Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I should have put somewhat important. That's what's winning with two days left, 43%. Whereas uh, very crucial and uh, not that important are tied. So that's kind of funny. Um, despite the fact they have quite a few votes, somehow there's a tie, like exactly a tie. That's kind of crazy how that can happen. But um, I don't know. I'm kind of in between very important and somewhat important. But I just say generally it's important because obviously 
if you're, you know, if you're if your AHL team's doing well, especially if it's prospects that are kind of like leading the cause, so to speak, for that team, like leading the surge, leading the like the main reason why the team's playing well. Well, it's extremely encouraging for the future of the franchise. Plus, it also gives players uh, playoff success. Unfortunately, the Houston Oilers or Arrows, excuse me, back in the day. Um, had major success under Mike Yo, and a lot of those players did not translate to much playoff success in Minnesota, though at least they did get out of the first round. So we'll be talking about Mike Yo again in a little bit here because of that playoff success. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. That was a good uh, poll for sure. I was asking if there's any questions or anything. I just want to make sure something. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go back. So, okay, I'll, I'll always put hashtag BDWMN. That way we can keep things fairly organized. I just like it that way. I think it's a little better. So we open things up with Jay Bushy. Great to hear from you, Jay, always. What do you think of this post post All-Star break winning streak? Sustainable or not? I was like, wait a minute. Okay, All-Star break. Duh. So, um, probably not. <laughs> probably not. I mean, especially considering, like, look at who we're going to play this week. Great, great, great week this past week, but Put it this way: If they win, if they have a, uh, if they win like two or three of these games this week, I think it'd be insanely impressive. And then maybe, maybe we're onto some kind of a, you know, making the playoffs, and then hopefully finally do something when we get there. But the Wild do have players to get this team to the postseason. It's just can they ever do anything to advance? Again, it, it would take the younger guys like the Fabers, the Boldies, and such to get this team to that next level. That that's really the whole hope at the end of the day otherwise running into a team like the stars or the whoever you know it's just kind of like it figures you know if you run into a team like the stars or the colorado avalanche i mean your chances of getting anywhere are slim to none unfortunately Uh, like edmonton oilers probably too um so the Derek felska lighting round has returned yeah let's get on to that lighting round doggone it what member of the Minnesota Wild would you give a Valentine's Day card to this season? Whose game whose game do you love the most this season? Whose game do I love the most this season? Well, there's a, there's a number of players. Um overall game do I love the most this season? Uh, uh it's like you want to say Faber like 10 out of 10 times. It's either him or Julius Eck. It's got to be one of those two. Um I think for the sake of, like, if I want to give somebody a, a Valentine's Day card because they've kind of earned it over the course of time and all that, they, you know, they've really grown on you, it's Jewel Erickson Eck. Uh, obviously, like, an immediate crush, so to speak. <laughs> an immediate crush is definitely Brock Faber. You could say, I'll go with the long-term type of thing. I've kind of become that. Like, this love at first sight stuff, I don't believe in that. It's crush at first sight. All of you that say love at first sight, it's a crush. Sorry, it, it is. <laughs> so, like, Brock Faber is a crush, and it's going to turn into love later, I guess you could say. Let it, let him let, let him have another, you know, year or two, so to speak, where Julius Schenek's grown on me, so he's going to get that Valentine's Day card, and I absolutely love his game. I absolutely love his game. He's a Selkie Trophy candidate. Uh, year in and year out, he's been, he's become better and better at it, and his offense is fantastic. When you look at, he's, he's projected to score 37 goals this year. 37. And just a few more assists, maybe if he kind of picks up the pace with those at the same time, he'll get to 70 points this year, if God forbid, you know, you know, well, God willing, he stays healthy is a better way to say, not God forbid. 
Uh, <laughs> um, Morty says either Faber or Rosie. Yep, that's pretty cool too. Yep, nice to hear from you, more uh, Morty. Uh, at North Star Fan or Mort, yep, North Star Fan. Well, yeah, if he doesn't like the name Morty, well, he, he puts it on there. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just guessing. You know, like some people like to be called Morty or Mort. You know, it depends. So just in case uh, you want to respond to me on that one. <laughs> so obviously I'm not making fun of anybody here. That's the last thing I want to do. I'm in no position to make fun of anybody. Derek Filska says, next one, Ottawa's uh, Ridley Gregg. Ridley, Ridley Gregg, stirred up some trouble by blasting a slap shot from close range into an empty net, which drew the ire of the Toronto's Morgan Riley, who cross-checked him in the head shortly thereafter. Lots of opinions. What's your opinion on this? I'd say, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, yep, I, I kind of agree with what Morty's saying. He said, it was a bit bush league to do the slap shot, but I didn't know how heated the game was. If it was a high-spirited game, I would understand it more. Uh, what does Derek respond with? Oh, no, Emin Johan says, uh, that's always a big rivalry, but both were unnecessary. Act like you've been there, and don't be an effing donkey when, you get, uh, when you're getting your butts kicked all over the ice. <sighs> yep, I mean, I, I've never been a fan of rubbing it in people's face. I've never been a fan, like... Like, you know, like that certain team that won the Super Bowl this past week, and especially their tight end, I cannot stand him. I can't stand him because he's rubbing it in people's face. I'm not a big fan of the quarterback either. Uh, I, his, his, his skills are fantastic. He, you know, he's a top four or five quarterback of all time. I, I you know, over the years, I've, I've liked him less and less for just, I don't know, I, I, think, I think the arrogance level's gotten too high. Um, and, I don't know, when, when people rub it in, it, it always bugs me, so that would be my overall... Uh, take of it. Act, act like you've been there. Act like you've been there, and both teams should act like they've been there. Both players should act like they've been there in a lot of ways. Um, how, how did Jewel Erickson X score his empty net goal versus the Vegas Golden Knights? It was like he just kind of got closer and closer and made sure he just kind of got close enough and then just kind of slid it in. Just kind of slid it in. So that's the guy I'd give the Valentine's card versus the other guy I'd want to cross-check in the back of the neck. Yep, in the heat of the game, yep, I'd get frustrated. I probably wouldn't cross-check a guy. I'd think about it and then not do it. Like, I'd think about doing all kinds of stuff, like whacking him in the face or something with a stick. But I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't follow through on it, that type of thing. So it's kind of a little bit of both. But, again, I think rubbing it in is BS. I've never been a fan of it at all. I hated the way Travis Kelsey acted in that uh, Baltimore game. I hated the, the big mouth he had last year after they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I wanted to cross-check him in the face. Not the back of the head, but the face. Son of a biscuit. Fill in the blank. The Minnesota Wild, this is the next one from Derek. The Minnesota Wild demonstrated a whole new level. Yes, they did. In a 5-3 uh, to three win over Vegas. Where has this team been and does it indicate they were sandbagging it a bit prior to the All-Star break in the Chicago game? I think so. <laughs> I think so. And I don't know why. It's weird. But yeah, that, that Chicago game was a sandbag and all, all in itself. And... I don't know why they're sandbagging, ultimately. Uh, sometimes it's limited talent. Sometimes it's, this guy's hurt, you know, and they just want to get out of here. They're tired, blah, blah, blah. And then kind of that, you know, you know that, that time off hangover. Not meaning you've been drinking a lot, but I don't know. Some people do. I, I don't. But I have, like, time off hangover, even though I'm not this big, heavy drinker uh, type of thing. Like, just that the first day back from at work, now, then again, if my job was a National Hockey League player, it's a little different than 
going and working at a stinking factory and seeing a lot of people you don't want to see over and over and over again. Oh, not them again. God, not them again, please. So, yes, it's a different vibe. Um, <laughs> even though, like, hockey's tough and it's a grind, it's still, like, something you probably dreamed of your whole life growing up. Working at a factory is not something anybody dreams of ever. Unless, like, yeah, unless you're higher than, you know, a regular factory worker. Yep, so there's that. Um, so there's really no excuse at the end of the day at all to, uh, for that. Okay, next, sorry, here we go. Uh, if the Minnesota Wild ever created a 16-bit style beat-em-up game, which four players all-time with the Wild, apparently, would you put in as its protagonist combatants? Which 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 sixteen bit beat 'em up would you model it after? Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, nineteen eighty nine, the original one. Yep. I mean, if there's any beat 'em up I want, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the one that came up came out in nineteen eighty nine, the real arcade game, the real one, not the NES, uh, not the NES version. <laughs> uh, first of all, so if players like beat 'em up, uh, obviously. I'm not a gigantic fan of Marcus Foligno necessarily, but he would be uh, one of the best in that game for, like, beat-em-up. Yes. <sighs> yes, he would be in it. Uh, Marcus Foligno's in it for sure. Obviously, Derek Bugard, God rest his soul. Uh, Derek Bugard has to be in that. Um, <laughs> but then there's other players that are skilled and tough. You know, like, Foligno's kind of skilled and tough. Try to think of some. Um, I could say, like, well... <laughs> Either like, like DeHame, Eck, guys like that. I think Erickson Eck could be in it, you know, because he's obviously kind of getting in people's faces a lot. He's not afraid of anybody. So Erickson Eck, so you got Felino. So, like, say it's the four turtles, right? Yeah, like you said, four players. Like, right there, it's perfect. Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if Derek was thinking about Turtles, the arcade game as well, or maybe, I don't know, it could be anything, like Double Dragon, I suppose. And there's only two guys in that one, Billy and Jimmy, right? Bimmy and Jimmy? Dragon, Double Dragon 3, Double Dragon. Um, so I believe I said 3, 4. So Duhame would be 4. Brandon Duhame has to be number 4. So either him or uh, Middleton. Let's say Middleton. Yeah, Middleton is a tough son of a gun. So have Felino. Yeah. <laughs> Felino, Bugard, Middleton, and Julerickson Eck would be my uh, Ninja Turtles out there, basically battling against uh, Shredder, which is like uh, <laughs> eventually like Sidney Crosby or something is like Shredder. <laughs> or or like, yeah. And it could be all-time players, like you said. Yeah, like Bugard. He's he's no longer with us. So, But I mean, yeah, he'd be an incredible beat-em-up guy um, since it's just a video game. So next one, this is the last of the uh, lightning round. Rank order the best of head coaches. Yeah, ra uh, rank the or in order the best head coaches from past to present for the Minnesota Wild. Number one, Jacques Lemaire. Number two, Bruce Boudreau. Number three, Dean Evison for now, because obviously the regular season success. Oh, God. You know what? You know what? Number three, Mike Yo, because of the playoff success. Number three, Mike Yo. Number three, Mike Yo. Number four, Dean Evison. Number five, uh, John Hines so far. You know, John Hines so far. Or Jorchetti, they're kind of tied. So, so both of the Boston Johnnies. Hey, John, John coming from Boston. You got two Boston guys from, you know, named John. You got John, John Hines and John Torchetti. 
you know, you got those two guys from Boston. They're both good coaches, possibly, but you got to give them a little more time. At least Heinz will have a little more uh, time to, to to coach a little bit, I guess. So we'll have to wait and see how that how that turns out. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But 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 uh, we'll say Heinz is probably going to do better uh, long term. So at the end of the day, uh, the worst coach in Minnesota Wild history is none other than, and I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. I don't think I am is uh Todd Richards. Yeah. I mean just there's no there's nothing to talk about that was successful. There's no success with uh no success with uh Todd Richards. What in, you know, he was below average at best. He had a couple of moments with Columbus, I suppose, but overall, I think Todd Richards uh, yeah, is the worst coach in wild history. So, number 1 Jacques, number 2 um no, number 2 Bruce Boudreaux, number 3 Mike Yo because of the playoff success. Sorry, Mike Yo, yeah. Number four, Dean Evison. Great regular season success. Great regular season success, but didn't do anything within the playoffs. Sorry. Uh, number five, the Johns. And number six, the Todd. The Todd is the worst. The weakest coach in wild history is Todd Richards. Um, just like, I don't know, like you went from uh, like maybe too much focus on special teams in some people's opinions from uh, Mr. Uh, What's-His-Name, uh, Jacques Lemaire, to zero special teams whatsoever with Todd Richards. It was like a polar opposite. And if you're going polar opposite with Jacques Lemaire, you're probably not real good. Scott Forner will wrap this sucker up. Looks like there's a response to his as well. He says, the Wild are going to miss the playoffs like one point draft 16th, aren't they? You know what? That sounds about right. <laughs> like when the Vikings finished 8-9. Uh, and nine. Oh, we just had to win that last game. You know, Mike Zimmer's last game against the Bears. Oh, we had to win that game. It was like, it was, it was life or death. It meant so much. Wait, no, it didn't mean a damn thing, and it was stupid. Yeah, which, that sounds about right, Scott. I I, I feel you on that one. I really do. Morty says, no, we need to tank. Um, well, uh, <laughs> Derek says, I agree, this sense of urgency should have opened a month. It should have happened a month ago. But I suppose now they're going to scratch and crawl like claw like crazy to be completely exhausted if they manage to earn a wild card spot. Yep, and then when they're completely tired, they're dead. Morty will say, missing the play after getting dumped in the first round and drafting outside of the top 10 gets you a third-line player, uh, only if you're lucky, yeah. Inside the top 10, you're looking for a possible second-line player. Derek says, I agree. And it goes, yeah, it's not too much. Uh, he says, I agree. It doesn't seem like a good trade-off because it's simply the most, uh, it's simply more of what they've been doing uh, uh, for so long. Yeah. Absolutely. Morty says, they have done very well drafting late and having people drop in their lap, but hoping for that isn't uh, hoping for that isn't a good strategy. I despise teams in all sports that purposely and obviously tank to get a top pick. My thought is, if you aren't going anywhere at this point, why hurt yourselves? Uh, Emmanuel says, I'm not disagreeing with this assessment. I'm just explaining why it's hard, especially at this late point. Yeah, yep, yep. Good conversation there, guys. Good conversation. I know I don't jump in much, but usually usually when people are tweeting each other is when I'm probably stuck at, you know, busy at work, and now it's, like, becoming, like, a prison where, you know, like, yeah, like Twitter doesn't even work on the Wi-Fi, and the building's so freaking thick, and then there's no boosters for, you know, cell connection that can't, can't even get on. It's ridiculous. So that's why it's like I disappear from the planet, basically, when it comes to, like, Twitter and such, when the ones I'm at work. It's... Uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's it's head scratching at best. I mean, let me tell you, I, I, I better bite my lip. It's mm, 
Yeah. Well, I think I, I think I've gotten that uh, dirty laundry aired out a bit. So apologize for that if that was inappropriate. With that said, thank you so much. What wonderful interaction you guys brought. Really, Derek, Scott, Morty, uh, I mean Johan. That was awesome. Thank you. Uh, obviously, Jay Bushy, of course. Jay Bushy, awesome. Love hearing from you every week. That is that is great. Um, with that said, shout outs to MNW Prospects slash Young Guns. Appreciate you very much. Absolutely. It's always fun to look at the prospect of the week and way to go, uh, way to go, Walker. You know, Sammy Walker this past week. Uh, obviously, shout outs to Minnesota Wild Global, Minnesota Wild Nation. Awesome. Um, awesome job. You know, awesome pages out there. Really appreciate you. Uh, hope all of you have a wonderful week. We'll see how the Minnesota Wild do, and I guess uh, things are going to play out the way they're going to play out in the next few weeks, and we'll get a better idea where things are going to go. Are the Wild going to sell? Are the Wild going to buy? I I don't know. If you buy, it better not be for much. Yeah, it better not be. So it, it would have to be like a Nyquist type of a move, I think, something like that, where it's in, like very inexpensive, and then, holy cow, he's actually pretty good. But, uh, you know, short term, if you really think you're going to do something. But like Derek said, they're going to work their ass off and then squeeze in and then get beat in the first round. Yep, that sounds about right because they'll be too tired or this or that. So with that said, have yourself a wonderful week, and we'll be back to review these uh, West Coast games coming up. Thank you.